Welcome, everyone, to another SU Oddities. Um, in this one, if you guys have been following along with these uh, these quick little subjects, um, there's one that kind of uh, we put in there as a continuing theme. We have a part one. We have a part two. This is actually going to be a part three, and that's in reference to a book uh, that I stumbled across um, about hell. Different variations, different versions, and, and again, uh, I think I titled these, uh, Let's Dip a Tone to Hell, whatever part it is. This is part three. The Curd Netherworld of the Ancient Mesopotamia. Ancient Mesopotamians were born to die. In the old Babylonian Atricasus epic, the gods were said to have created humans by mixing clay with the blood of the rebellious god Wielu, who was slaughtered especially for the procedure. Humans, therefore, composed of both earthly and divine ingredients, according to their belief, but the divine element does not ensure immortality. Enki, the Sumerian god of wisdom and magic, declared that death awaited man from his first moments. Indeed, the most frequent euphemism for dying in Mesopotamian text is to, quote, to go to one's fate. The Epic of Gilgamesh ultimately persuades his reader that the quest for immortality was pointless. Instead, one should live on in the fame of one's accomplishments on earth. The only immortal life is in the memories of others. Unlike the abundance of Egyptian funerary texts, no such afterlife instruction manuals of the ancient Mesopotamians have been discovered. Instead, to gain insights into the imaginations of these. Near Eastern cultures, we must assemble pieces from the wealth of literature across different genres that was generated between the 3rd and the 1st millennia B.C., in which death and hell are often discussed. The heavens were home to the gods alone. The dead traveled inside to a dark, colorless netherworld known by many names. In Sumerian, it is called Kur, or Kala, or Kaku, or Reli, or Kigal. In Akkadian, it is Ursitu. Metaphysically, Kur is far away. Physically, it was thought to lie in a cavern, a short distance below the world's surface. It is referred to as a land of no return, and the house none leaves who enters. And it's imagined as a giant house of dust. Dust cakes its doors, its buildings, and bolts, and indeed, dust is only food and drink available to the dead. Above ground, grieving families would traditionally pour out liquids onto the dirt for their deceased to enjoy. It was thought one could find a gateway to occur somewhere in the Zagros Mountains, to the far east, where a staircase sloped down to the gates of the underworld. Or, according to other traditions, the entrance lay at an impossibly remote point somewhere in the far west, hinted at by the fact that the real rivers known as uh, known to exist far from Sumer were sometimes referred to as rivers of the underworld. Kerr itself lay directly beneath other subterranean mythical feature, the Abzu, a body of fresh water beneath the earth. In further contrast to ancient Egypt, the dead mingle with the trace of social hierarchy. There are descriptions of Kerr being an unbreakable fortress city known as the Irigal in Sumerian, having seven barred gates through which return to the living was impossible. Existence in this netherworld is a shadowy, anemic version of life above, though the darkness is routinely pierced by Samash, the sun god of justice, who travels through the underworld every night during his journey through the cosmos. The underworld is neither a place of joy nor abject misery, merely a dried and dulled version of life above ground. Not a hell, as we understand the world, 
but an antipode to the vibrant high heavens. And unusually, there is no system of judgment, no reward or punishment based on one's actions. Instead, it is the conditions of burial that establish the conditions of your next existence. The most vivid descriptions of the underworld come from the Sumerian tale, Descent of Inanna into the Underworld, in which a goddess of sexual love and war, surprising, an enforcer of divine justice known as the Queen of Heaven, originally worshipped as Ishtar, travels through Kerr. The underworld is ruled by her sister, the goddess Irishikigal, which we covered actually during one of these oddities, who lives in the underground place Ganzur and is married, dependent on the version of the story, to either Gagalana, a canal inspector of Anu, or in later stories, the more exciting Nergal, god of death. In the Sumerian version of the story, Anana travels to the gates of the underworld demanding entry. Irish Kigal allows each of the seven gates to which she must pass to be opened by just a crack forcing Inanna to squeeze through by removing a piece of clothing at each gate, gradually stripping her of her power, or stripping in general. Sounds like anyway. By the time Inanna reaches Erish Kigal's court, she is naked, but still manages to take Erish Kigal's place. The group of deities and residents known as Anunnaki are outraged by this and turn Inanna into a corpse hanging by a hook. Jesus Christ, people. God damn. Get a hobby. Arish Kigal eventually consents to her sister's corpse being sprinkled with the food and water of life to be revived. But there's a catch. Arish Kigal demands one of the living take her place. Not her servant, Nis Chuber, Anana says, for he is loyal. Not Shara, her beautician, for he is seen mourning her death. Arish Kigal's uh, demons, basically, then propose taking Dumazid, Anana's shepherd consort. He is real to be dealing with his grief rather than admirably spending his days lavishly clothed, sitting on his wife's throne while being entertained by his slave girls. And irate Inanna immediately instructs the demons to take him, and the Dumuzid is dragged down to the netherworld. Lipstick marks still fresh on his collar while Inanna is allowed to return to the upper world. Hmm. Well, so again, there's an ancient story from Mesopotamia. Uh, amazing. I mean, like I said, I, I the further you back go and you talk about the Anunnaki and the Sumerians, and it's um, it, it's fascinating in its own right. Next up, we will probably more likely cover uh, the Zoroastrian afterworlds, uh, the House of Lies and the House of Song. Again, we just sprinkle these in uh, the SU oddities as uh, as I feel fit, or I can start pronouncing things the proper way. So. <laughs> More to come. And again, that is off the book, The Devil's Atlas, written by Edward Brooke Hitching. Pretty amazing as we explore uh, different viewpoints and versions of heavens, hells, and the afterworlds. Close the gates. 